That seems ridiculous. I remember finding out about the whole murder of crows thing. It kind of blew my mind. It's really crazy. It's like, number one, I feel like no one really says it. So it's like, do we respect the language? Like, it is such a great word. Why don't we use it more? Two, what are we talking about? There's a whole bunch of those. What are those called? I have a really weird memory about learning what a murder of crows was. Wait, the first time you heard it? Yeah. Oh my god, tell It me. was, okay, it was back in like 1999. I think my family had just gotten like a, a computer with a CD-ROM that could read CD-ROMs. Okay. And in like the, cheer, we got like, we see a lot of cereal and in the 90s, in the early 2000s, uh, you could buy cereal that had like CD-ROMs come with them. Do you remember that? Okay, era? Like inside. Yeah, totally. And it was like a game. They were like, or they were like taped on the game. outside. Yeah, or they were like in the inside of the box or something. And anyway, so yeah. I remember we got like a CD-ROM that had the uh, like the computer version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and that is where I learned the term "murder of crows" from. Really, it was one of the questions. Was it like, "What do you call a group of crows?" Like, yeah, a, yeah. a murder, like that. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, it was fucked up. That's crazy. What cereal was it? I don't even know Cheerios. Cheerios, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even fucking know Cheerios. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that is so funny. Yeah, I always would get those and use them as, like, coasters. I never actually played them. Were they fun? Can you... But I just like that era where it felt like you were getting 15 CD-ROMs a week because, like, AOL would send you some... And then there'd be some in, like, magazines. And then there'd totally. be one in, like, the Sunday paper. Totally. And it was always funny. The AOL ones were, like, like 24 free hours of internet. And just, like, that like that yeah. sentence. Like, right. what are you offering me? Like, <laughs> install me for internet. Yeah. Like, um, you sound like the robot that you are. Um, but also, that memory just reminded me of, like, how popular Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was. Like, Oh, my God. It was super popular. It was super popular. Do you remember the guy who, like, won, the first guy to win a million dollars, like, on the last question, uses his phone a friend, and and you think he's, like, trying to figure out the answer, and he, like, like, calls his dad. Yeah, and he's like, I just wanted to tell you that I want a million dollars, like, on the phone. Like, so, what a stunt. What a producer's uh, dream that guy was. Oh my god, I know. You know the producer was watching, like, from the, like, booth and was just like, uh, 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 like, started literally climaxing in front of everyone. Like, couldn't believe what they were seeing. Yeah, right. Totally. So messed up. The show really lost its oomph when Meredith Vieira um, became the yeah. host, though. And Reed, certainly Reed, Reed. when Wayne Brady came. Oh, I didn't even know Wayne Brady did it. It was the Dark Ages. It was after Meredith. <laughs> this is episode 59 of the Good Friends Podcast. Episode 59, so yeah. hot. Yeah, We're super hot. We're getting there, bitch. Getting there almost at the uh, magical, uh, magical 50. number. 50. Yeah. 50. Right. Say it. 50. 60. 60. It, yeah, it starts with a TH, thank you. 60. 60. Episode 60, 60. is near. 60. I can't wait for episode 50. Um, 60. Which will... When episode 60 happens, you will have had your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so that will be a big episode. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is coming up. How are you feeling about it? Uh, you know, 
I mean, I'm just nervous about, like, logistic bullshit and, like, stuff that I can't really control, which is usually... How Sounds like today. a great segue to our first topic. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. I used you as um, as bait. I'm sorry. I used right. your, okay. you know, one of the most joyous days of your life as bait for a subject. And right. I have to apologize, but I did what I had to do. I am a producer. Um, right. I am an artist. Um, okay. And I am somebody who is both influenced by and working for the media. So right. okay. that felt like a necessary move. Right. Um, but we wanted to talk today, or I wanted to talk, and I feel like you will get it. Or I feel like you feel me on this and I feel like a lot of people feel me on this I wanted to just talk about um just talk about anxiety but like the topic of anxiety which I feel like is a very very I'd say anxiety has become some equivalent to depression not in terms of like the way it necessarily manifests itself I mean sometimes I think sometimes it can but in terms of its sort of, like, diagnoses, like, I think a lot of people self-diagnose themselves as anxious. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? It's a kind well, of serious topic for a very light and politically charged podcast like ours, but I do right. think that it's really... Something about it is really interesting to me. I find myself really interested by how many people... Are, including myself. I don't know. You do you agree? Are you an anxious person? I am anxious. I... It manifests itself in weird ways. I don't know. I don't think I... I think sometimes I am... I think sometimes I become really anxious. I don't think I would consider myself largely socially so anxious. Mean, I don't... What do, you, what do you get anxious about? That's the thing. I don't think any one thing prompts it. I think it sort of comes in these weird waves. I mean, I think I get anxious sometimes. I mean, sometimes it is social anxiety. Sometimes it is just sort of... Um, um, it's born out of just this... I, I feel like uh, my like my anxiety is born, and this might be why it feels like it's such a thing right now. It's born every once in a while um, when I'm thinking about myself in relation to like presenting myself to the world in some way, whether it's like you know with people or with like at a party or with like what I'm doing or just like all these things. It used to be it's not stress; it's this completely different sensation that I feel like is really specific to right now. Like, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I, it's prompted anytime I think about myself in relation to other people or something. I don't know. Do you ever feel anxious? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess, I mean, there's times where I will think about, I mean, I get anxious about, I, I don't even know. I don't know. I mean, I get worried about Tell me this. Do you feel like you're more anxious now nowadays than you ever were before? Would you say you were always an anxious person? I mean, I, I think if... I think we're getting older and we have more responsibilities as we get older. Like, you know, things that we didn't have to think about when we were children. And I think it's normal for people to... You know, I, I'd argue that it doesn't... It's not like, you know, life's not easy. It's filled with, like, stuff that kind of just worries you. It happens to me a lot. There's a lot of times where I'll just right. be going through my day. I'll be walking down the street, and all of a sudden, like I'm like, "Holy shit! Like, how am I going to? How right. am I going to? Like, I I got to pay like this bill, that bill, that bill. I've got to like, I'm like three days behind meeting with like this guy that's helping Pam's immigration. Blah blah blah. Right. 
Yeah. It just I mean, comes that, in these ways. That kind of stuff will get in your head, uh, get in my head, and it'll just like gnaw at you, right? Right. But at the same time, it's like, well, just don't be an idiot and just like get it done. Well, what is the? Do you think there's a difference between stress and anxiety? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I get. I used. I feel like I, getting anxious. I always thought of something really as something really young. That's the thing I. That surprise. Like I always know that, like when you're grown up, you have responsibilities. You get stressed. You know there are things that oh, you have to I worry see. about, and like that to me is like an adult expectation. But anxiety is this sort of like this weird sense of like dread. That is like the so thing that even, I think makes a difference. Even, you're not even talking about like like you're not talking about just the the weight of being an adult. You're talking about like right. You're talking about it's something like, else. In, maybe in like social situations or. Or like right in social situations, or yeah, exactly, exactly, and also just this sort of way in which like those things that you mentioned, um, that the way that they enter your brain is not sort of you know as individual things that become like really overwhelming. I feel like for me, like when I'm thinking about like oh I have to do this, like there's this, there's this, they like manifest as some like they become in my brain like a weird throbbing like blob that I can't like oh. rid myself of. And it doesn't feel like stress. Stress to me feels sort of like things stacked on top of each other, and anxiety feels like this weird, like, electric current that's moving, like, in and out. And I just kind of feel like that was something I associated with being really young and, like, unsure, and, like, you know, you think of, like, middle schoolers being anxious, and just all these things. It's kind of, like, unknownness, but I find, like, a lot of people... I wasn't, weirdly. That's the thing, but I do associate it with, like, an un, like, sureness about one's, like, a... Uh, I don't know. It's, it's like I associate it with like a time of like development. I think we're all still developing, but like I just find people, I find that people, first of all, like identify as socially anxious a lot more than they ever used to before. Oh, you know, people, I find people really say that. Like they'll be like, yeah, I get really anxious. Like I'm socially, I get social anxiety. Like I take oh. medication for anxiety and it's like so weird. I don't know. It well, feels like something very, very, very relevant to people from our, not our age in terms of like 27 but like people our age in terms of like our generation yeah yeah i get what you mean i mean yeah, yeah. that makes sense too we kind of are one of the first generations to grow up with like screens all around us and you know right back in the day it's like if you're not going to interact with people you could read a book but if you didn't want to read like there wasn't much you could do right you know it's true i do and i just feel like i do feel like that is part of it i think that there is this kind of like constantness with how i engage with things online and even like my relationships with people are now like they continue on into like so many different like portals with like different ways to interact and different nuances of how i interact it's like i guess it is just i think it's just easier to be anxious now maybe i don't know why i wanted to talk about it i don't even know what prompts me to think of it as something like really unique but like it's just, I, I don't know, I find it to be a really specific sensation that a lot of different people, I think, relate to, and I've been feeling it for the last couple of weeks in this, like, way that feels really foreign to me. I've just been feeling really sort of, like, huh. I don't know, this weird sort of, like, I've been, like, weighed down by this weird, like, dread. Like, okay. I'd be, instead of, it's weird, it's really, really weird, and, like, I would get stressed sometimes and like, but the stress, it just becomes sort of debilitating sometimes and like, it becomes like, I can't even like, I don't know. I've never, I've never had it that bad where I can't, but 
like the feel the feeling of just like the weight of like something is pretty horrible it's a horrible feeling right it is it really is it's really tough and i guess that's what like depression feels like like tenfold so i'm just happy that i don't like you know that i'm that's not something i'm like grappling with but i do think that anxiety is somewhere it's sort of like peripherally connected i kind of feel like it's like a it deflates you if it doesn't depress you i don't know i do um, we always tell our listeners to email us, but I actually would really love if our, if any listener who like feels me on this emails us at goodfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Cause I do think that there's something really weird about how many people I know that like take, the other thing is I do wonder if like, um, I don't know, all of this like ADHD, like, you know, all, all of these like medications that are supposed to like chill us out. I do think that like then have this inverse reaction sometimes when you get off of it that people have, like, described sort of as anxiety. So I think it's weird that a lot of people uh, also, uh, you know, those two things kind of feel related to me. I know friends, like, that kind did of go take, off. Did you used to take ADHD medication or whatever? No, zero. I never okay. did. I was never, um, I don't know if I really have it. I don't think, I, you know, but I will say this. I don't necessarily think I have ADHD, but I do think that if I was who I was growing up in school oh, today, true. every teacher would have had me medicated for yeah, sure. Yeah, you're um, however accurate freak. that would have been. Yeah. Cause I was a fucking freak. I wouldn't shut up. Like literally, <laughs> um, <laughs> like it was insane. Like in second grade, I literally talked so much to my best friend at the time, Paige Elliott, that, um, they like made sure we were not in the same class in third grade, like literally like made sure of it. And then, um, she repeated third grade and her parents blamed me and we weren't even in the same class. <laughs> wow. Good job, dude. You made someone fucking repeat a grade. I mean, it was <laughs> the feeling when you talk so much that a year later, someone else can't focus. <laughs> yeah. You ruined this girl's focus. 100%. It was my first taste of a long, long, long con, and I've never looked back since. Yeah, original hate crime. It was. It was my real original hate crime. Speaking of, I do have a hate crime that I'll get to in a second. Okay, wait. Let me play devil's advocate for just a quick quick second. Not because I'm a guy, just because, you know, that's... Not because you're white. No, Not because I'm a white man, just because that's what makes it interesting. Anyway. Yeah. Uh... Okay, is there any possibility that, like, maybe people from our generation are uh, soft and get anxious about stuff when really everyone's anxious? Yes. I, yeah, I definitely think that's real. Is this, like, a soft uh, millennial thing? Right, like, the the pussy generation, as Clint Eastwood gorgeously called us earlier this week. Right, Um... Yeah, I think so. Don't you think? I think so. I mean, I think, like, well, I think it's twofold. I think, like, I think that that's part of it. So, okay, I think our generation, first of all, has, like, every generation has its, like, shit to deal with, right? And, like, I think up until our generation, maybe even, like, the generation before us, like, the people who are, like, young parents now, um, depending on, like, your socioeconomic situation and, like, you know, where you grew up, but, like, for a lot of the country, I would say, for a variety of reasons, like, instead of being concerned, like, there was a lot of, like, emphasis placed on, like, emotional well-being, you know what I mean? And, like, I do, you know, instead of maybe, like, the generation before in which, like, 
practical survival and, like, endurance and just, like, getting shit done to, like, have food and clothes. and You know what I mean? Like, I think those were, like, not just, like, the values, but the things to, like, quote-unquote worry about. Um, and then I think, like, you know, things, like, evened out. Like, you, I, there's probably someone who could break down the number of reasons why, like, probably because we had, like, a relatively good economy for, like, 20 years and, like, people got complacent and, like, I don't even know, like, consumerism made people feel like they had everything they could want, so then it causes more, like, existential strife. But I do think that people our age grew up with this, like, idea that, like, our feelings are the thing to spend the most time considering and working on the way other people did, like, real-life shit, you know? And, like, that is always the complaint people level against millennials, and I do tend to, like, deflect it and find it really irritating because I think it's often used in a really cutting way to like undo everything our generation has done to like radically change the world whether for the better or worse people always use that as like a they're so they're such whips they're not doing anything like my generation did this it's like yo like the world ever since we came into it looks nothing like your world so like it's not like we're all just sitting here like in our rooms texting each other like i feel sad but i do think that that is part of it like for sure i mean it's like it's, I mean, it's, but it's, at the same time, it's sort of like, I think it's, I think everybody felt these things maybe, and it was, you know, not, um, just not, like, talked about. I mean, like, you know, what, you know, the feminine mystique, like, the Betty Friedan, like, famous, like, feminist text. Yes. Um, um, from, like, the, I think, like, late 50s, maybe. Um, there's, like, a whole, there's, like, a whole chapter, but, like, really, like, the takeaway, one of the takeaways of that book is, like, this, I, this thing that um, Friedan claimed that, like, women suffered from, which was called, like, um, like, the illness with no name, or, like, the feeling with no name, which was just this sort of sense of, like, aimlessness and, like, honestly, anxiety, and, like, and that they couldn't express it, and that it Mm. manifested itself in really weird ways, and that's why there was, like, a really shocking number of women who were, like, subjected to, um, electric shock therapy, like, at the behest of their husbands, because, like, it was not a mental illness, and so they wanted to, like, get it out, even if it was, they probably, like, subjected them to that. Yeah, it's so fucking crazy, right? Like, sending your wife, having your mother be sent to an institution to have, like, possible depression, like, shocked out of her? I don't know. I mean, I think, like, anxiety and depression have definitely, like, always existed and, like, concerns have always existed. I do think that our generation indulges them a little bit more. Um, And also just, like, the mood of, like, you know, if we think of, like, ourselves as growing up on the internet or, like, you know, our sensibilities having been defined maybe largely by the internet, being sad is, like, a thing, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's, like, a, it's an aesthetic. It's, like, a vibe, like, sad girl, like, there is something about it, about being sad that's, like, an internet brand, you know? So I do think that we indulge our angst maybe growing up, like, more than even most generations did. Right. Well, what I'll say is I think the, uh, I mean, I don't know what one way or the other if it's if it's us being pussies or if anxiety is legitimately something that has uh you know taken a grip of our generation but what i will say about the millennial uh uh criticism is uh is uh stupid for a number of reasons but one of them is like well you know we're a result of like the generation before us so like you can't really be that mad Right. 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 Anyone who's like mad about millennials, it's like, well, okay, then you shouldn't have invented the internet. Thanks. Thanks, 80s people. Totally. No, it's true. Yeah, I mean, like, 
if you think, yeah, I mean, like, I think, you know, this doesn't apply to my parents, but I do think that there's a lot of, like, American parents, surely, and especially California, American, California American parents who, like, for, uh, were, like, you know, at least largely influenced by various, like, breakthroughs and, like, emotional sharing and, like, like, you know, like the oh, 60s totally. and 70s, you know, like, liberation, like, emotional liberation. Like, we always talk about, like, the sexual liberation of that era, but there was also, like, a lot of breakthroughs in just, like, men talking about how they feel or, like, you know women expressing, like, resentment. Like, all of these things that sort of, totally. then, like, filter down into how they treated their kids, which was to, like, talk about your feelings, which is such a thing that we grew up with, right? Like, weren't you always told to talk about your feelings? Totally. Never supposed to That's fight. That's not talk, ever Always talk about it. Always talk about it. Always talk about your feelings. I'm here if you want to talk. Like, here, let's talk about your feelings. Like, what do you feel? Like, that is, like, a very specific thing that has been filtered down. So, I mean, yeah, we are the product of, like, the generation before us, who is the product of their generation, for sure. So it, so it, it does concern me. Like, is the next generation just going to be, like, literally a fetus in a raisin sack screaming? Like, what is my anxiety It's just going to be like, an emoji. That's all that's the next generation. It, it's going to be the Edward Monk scream painting in emoji form, dripping yeah. in blood. That's going to be what my child looks like. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, thanks for talking that out with me. I think, like, you know... I will say this, this has been a really easy year to be anxious. I do think that there is just this, like, doom and gloom with, like, so much going on. I mean, like, that definitely got me down the last two weeks. Like, I've been in a weird headspace just, like, myself, and then just, like, you know, anytime you're weird and you want to zoom out and just look at the world proper, the world did not look back at you, like, with a lot of joy the last couple of weeks. So, like, it's an easy time. There's to not a lot to be happy about. There's not a ton to be happy about. There's a lot to be grateful for, but not a ton to be happy about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel really grateful for a lot of things in my life, but, like, I just kind of... I The joy... Like, the joy momentum feels like it's, like, walking instead of, like, running forward. It's I don't definitely, know. But, that's definitely the case. But, yeah, I don't know. I do wonder. I wonder if anyone else agrees. I I do. I wonder if this is just also, like, a, stu- a stupid indulgent, like, thing that I realize because I surround myself by people in New York who can afford to worry about this shit. I don't know. But I do have a feeling that anxiety is is a thing to many people our age, and it is kind of an unknowable feeling and something you, like, can't quite put your finger on, which makes it scarier, I think. Look, um, here's my advice. Self-medicate. Oh, hell yes. Find someone with uh, an Adderall prescription or or some kind of um, opiate. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I feel that. And Yo, but I blood. did self-medicate this week in a bad way. Oh, it's god. weird that you what say you that. Do? Well, when we met up that night, do you remember you, me, and Claire met up? I oh, was like fuck. really trying to drink a lot that night. It was weird. Oh, was, like, you were... You were I was just trying, yeah, I was lit. trying to like, I was trying to get lit. I was trying to numb myself. Didn't work. Fine. I went home. I texted my friend Julia when I got home. I was like, do you want to get a drink? Like I was, re- I really wanted a drink that night. It didn't happen. The next day I went to happy hour with my friend Kennard and literally like happy hour. And then by the end of the night, I had had four beers, two shots of tequila and an entire, like half of a joint. Um, like, like censored for anyone who's like an adult. Whoa. Um, and ended up like throwing up at 4 a.m. off of her balcony. So tight. And it was so tight. And I woke up the next day and had the, I was not hungover. I felt great, honestly. But it was weird. I had this Did moment you keep where I was drinking? like. 
Um, yeah, I woke up the next morning and was like, where the fuck's the whiskey? I don't have a problem. Yeah. Um, which is what I say every morning. No, I woke up the next morning and was like, if I'm being real, if I'm being totally real right now, I woke up the next morning and was like, that is exactly what you wanted to happen. That is exactly, that was real, in like a weird way where I was like, I wanted to get really messed up and I wanted to like numb myself and like, well, that is a really weird desire and it's really weird when it happens. I don't know. It was really odd. So I have been self-medicated and last night I drank half a bottle of rosé by myself. Well, tonight... We're getting lit, and too, tonight, so... And tonight we're getting messed. I'm going to Suicide Squad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fuck, I'm not doing that. I'm going to hold you to that, yes. We're getting drunk um, and watching the Olympic ceremonies. <laughs> Wait, it sounds so good. No, it's not. Oh, my God. I just I just want to be around you. I feel like you'll make me feel better. And I uh, won't bug you with my being sad. Okay. Um, but I will ask you repeatedly, do I look sad? So prep. Um yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, it is weird that you mentioned self-medication. I do feel like I did a lot of it this week to my detriment, and it was a very weird sensation. I can completely understand, um, like, I get, I get I get it. Yeah, I totally get it. Not, not alcoholics, because I think that that's, like, a whole other thing, but, like, uh, alcohol abuse, I can completely see, like, where it stems from, how it manifests itself, how it sneaks up, like... Not the three days of, like, binge drinking is necessarily something to be worried about, but it did cause, like, major reflection that I'm working yeah. out clearly right now. Well, respect. Um, um, what would you say? Sorry. I said respect to that. Yeah. Getting real. Well, anyway. Getting real. Talking you, about how I feel. You talk, uh, you, you also brought up a good, uh, a good, uh, talking point that we wanted to get to, and that is, um... The whiskey dicks in charge of Suicide Squad. <laughs> like, if you want to talk about the problems of possible binge alcohol and drug use, yeah. head on over to whoever signed this 40-year deal at Warner Brothers with DC Comics, because we have precious little to show for it. Yeah. Today is the eve of um, the second film in the DC shared universe David Ayer's Suicide Squad Jack what's the vibe on the internet what are people thinking is there a lot of love is there are people there's a lot of people there's a lot of people accusing the director of being a whiskey dick <laughs> yeah Dak Jail 83 um, <laughs> on Reddit um, this isn't Jack Dale 12 um, on IMDb <laughs> Um, Whack Whale, which is actually my screen name on Suicide Squad fan forums, uh, all saying he's whiskey dick. What is the vibe? What's going on? Everyone, no, but people are just saying it's going to be disaster. <laughs> well, not financially. I think it's going to make a shitload of money. But it's going to be just like really bad. Really bad. Really mangled. Yeah. What are they doing wrong? So, of course, we did record an episode where we struggled to remember what happened in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, which is being called, like, the beginning of the shared universe, even though Man of Steel is, like, really the first one, but it didn't... That's its own thing. That was its own Look, issue. It was its, it's own bullshit. Monster. This is going to be a horrible movie. Uh, <laughs> the last one was horrible. Apparently, they freaked out and, like, redid stuff after they saw how bad Batman v Superman was. But it made right, it like worse. two months or three months ago, they filmed more. Yeah, but they did they didn't it make it worse. Like I've heard people or Variety or some bullshit say like the the extra attention they gave it like ruined it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think people are looking for an easy answer for, like, what is probably wrong with this movie. I mean, I am hearing a lot of people say that the tone of this movie is, like, all over the place, and that, to me, sounds like the result of, like, a lot of hands in the pool at one time. You know? Which happens a lot. And also is kind of what was going on with with Batman v Superman. So, like, we haven't seen Suicide Squad yet. Um, I will say those trailers are so good. They're such well-made well, so trailers, was, so I was think. So Batman Superman. Those trailers were awesome. They were pretty awesome, but they weren't, like... They were... I feel like those trailers were awesome in a way that the movie, like, which was bad, still delivered the thing that made the trailers awesome. Do you know what I mean? Like... I didn't think that the trailers were artistically well-made, but I thought that they, like, got me hyped for certain things that the movie ended up, like, you know, achieving, even if the film was, like, shitty, you know? Right. But the Suicide Squad trailer, like, implies that this movie has, like, some style, some charisma, like, it's gonna be, like, a little alt, it's gonna be sort of, like, some weird, like... I don't know, like... It looked like it was gonna be, like, Mad Max and, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, put together. These two movies of just, like, swaggy or something, and doesn't sound like it. Apparently, there's a scene in the movie where uh, where Jared Leto punches Margot Robbie square on right in the nose. Are you kidding me? Like full on, <laughs> yeah, like punches her with his closed fist. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not. I mean, you know, obviously they're bad people and they're portraying bad people, but that's just kind of right. Like, uh, it'll be interesting to right. see how that how that re- is received. So, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen it, so I can't say. I'm a little... I'm not going to quickly hop on the train of, like, deriding that Come on. moment. Come on! <laughs> if you can believe it. Because that is true to the Characters. Harley Quinn Joker dynamic. Right. I just feel like, you know what, like, yes, it's fucked up. Like, like look, Harley Quinn's character, fundamentally fucked up. This is someone who is, like, you know... Um, emotionally um, tethered to the Joker is being like you know but pretty much like abused. But why do you have to make her hot? What, what's that about? Why well, do I have to make her hot? I know, and and hot in this like, I, I mean, I'm sure I don't read the I don't read the comics of like I don't know what comics these are based on. Like I don't read them. I don't know if this outfit is like exactly what she wears in this universe. But like, what's going on with the booty shorts? Like the pigtails? <laughs> like. Like, excuse me, like, boots, fishnets, booty shorts, and, like, I don't even understand, like, what exactly, like, why couldn't they just do the outfit that we all know Harley Quinn wears? You know the one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, the, like, the red and black one. The red and black. Right, like, just do it. Like, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I mean, maybe there's Suicide Squad fans that are like, no, that's not the outfit she wears in this world. Um, but also, like, Suicide Squad fans. In the freaking bomb! Like, it's like one opera scene. Oh, right, because Suicide, Suicide Squad's its own, like, separate universe, right? It's its own comic series, yeah. It's its own, yeah. like, thing. I mean, I don't even understand what... I think it's crazy that this is, like, the second movie to come out. It's such a weird one, like, to make... Like, come out the same year as, like, one of your biggest properties. I don't get what's going on. I also just am, like, so annoyed at these studios. Like... I just don't get, why do you hire these filmmakers who, in theory, should have a sensibility that is their own, and then probably, like, force them to do it one way? Like, why even hire them to begin with? Like, I don't get it. It makes no sense. Like, like when Guillermo del Toro was hired for Blade 2, like, I think the idea was that, like, you make 
this movie for us the way you want to, the result will be we'll have a great movie and your career independently will be launched. Like, scratch my back, I scratch yours. Like, that It was basically, I think, the trade. Like, why hire these motherfuckers if you're not going to let them do the thing they do best and then also, like, potentially ruin their career? Like, that Fantastic Four dude. Like, so brutal. Oh, that guy it's like his... one shot. He didn't. He, he hasn't worked since. Yeah, I just don't think he's... I mean, he's he was literally the failure of Fantastic Four got him kicked off of the Star Wars movie he was supposed to direct. <laughs> um, literally. He's just sort of like like Hollywood roadkill right now. And I'm like, that is... So, like, this whole one-shot-you-lose thing is so messed up because it's like, they're just following bad orders. <laughs> How many, I feel bad think, this movie. Do you think this movie could end Will Smith's career? Oh my god, such a good question. Um, probably not. Will Smith is like, like I feel like he'll survive. It's it's funny because like yeah. I feel like something about this movie feels bigger than Will Smith, even though he's the biggest person in it. Like, I don't think of this as like, oh, this movie Will Smith is in. I just think of like it's Will so Smith true. is in this movie. Right. It's so you know? weird. It's like he's such a. Usually, any other movie, he'd be like the top billing name, but it's not even right? about Will Smith. Yeah, he's, like, dwarfed by the property. That's what happens with these movies. They sort of, like, suffocate you in that way. Like, it's... I don't know. It used to be that, like, these movies, like, the actors' names would be, like, part of, like, the design... Like, it would be, like, part of, like, um how you place and design the poster. Like, it would be, like, Will Smith. Yeah, right. Suicide. You know what I mean? And, like, now it's, like, oh, these posters are just built on the image of, like... I don't know, it's weird. You can just sort of see that these actors are really just props in some weird way. But Will Smith is so, like, great. Like, he's probably going to be unscathed, I hope. He's, like... I'll say low-key almost anything he's in. I'll at least consider it. I really love him. Do you? I, like, love... We've talked about him before. I love him. He's all right. He's the best. We've talked about him before, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Yeah, we talked about him and Jada Pinkett breaking up. Oh, they're open related. Their kids are so well adjusted. It makes me want to throw myself out the window. Are they? The, kid, the, the fucking son them. is is kind of nuts. I don't know. I don't know if I'd call that well adjusted. They're definitely crazy, but they're so confident in their craziness that I'm like, ugh. Like, like there's two kids with zero anxiety. They're just thriving. Right. Ugh, I'm stressed out. But I do still want to see this. I want to just see it. Like, what is going on? Well, anyway, it's we'll gonna suck, it. and we're gonna waste fifteen bucks a piece seeing it. So fuck that. Can't so hell yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. Just another day supporting this industry. Right. It actually pisses me off. I just want to like put a gun in my mouth. Yeah. Um also I hear that Jared Leto's Joker's like barely in it, and I hope that's not true. I, what? That's so that's totally true. He's you think it is? Movie. Yeah, totally. I'm so annoyed. Why? What? Why even they made him such a big part of like everything. Yeah, that's why you don't show him at all. Right. So you can market it. Yeah. You 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 leverage that into getting people into the theater and then you don't have to live up to the expectation of have it needing him to be really better than the Heath Ledger Joker. Right. Oh my god, still such a crowning achievement. I mean I kinda feel like he'll probably be like a good joker. I just feel like he'd probably I mean he'll probably just get his own He'll probably just be in the Batman spin off movie, right? Like that is like the whole thing that they're like. Well, I maybe. 
Everything's a setup. That's the other problem with these movies. You go to them and the whole thing is like, I hope you like this because this is just the beginning of the next part. And it's like you're like seeing for the next scene. It's like, can I just see a movie and not be like, this is but chapter one yeah. of a six part song? It's like, so crazy how much better the so Marvel insane. movies are. I mean, yeah, it's it's funny. So the, the Marvel movies, I think, like the machinery that makes them move are better. Like they're just a better, well oiled machine. But I find those movies to be just so, like, uniform and, like, one note and, like, no, styleless. They all look the same. I go to any Marvel movie, they're all directed by different people, and you would literally think, like, the same machine churned them out. Because it did. These movies, at least, you know, for the two we've seen, they have this sort of, like, they have, like, an aesthetic flair in some way. Yeah, seen. fucking, like, anal rot. That's the aesthetic flair. <laughs> That weird, that, to- that like, orangey-brownie. Yes. In sw- yeah, swollen, painful-looking thing. It's That's- true. Everything is very, like, we put a lot of dust on this. Try to see the color. Like, yeah. a little. I know, it's tough. It's, it's a, it's a, it is just as uniform. But what's the Marvel one? It just looks like toys. Everything yeah, looks toys. like a toy, like a... Yeah. Like toys living. That's how I, I think about... That's, but that's how I imagine the comic book heroes looking. Right, they do, yeah, a little bit. It's true. It, it gets closer to that. It's not quite cinematic in the way I want it to be, but it is certainly comic the Marvel movies in the is way like, that they want to be. The Marvel movies is like, okay, imagine you lived inside the comic book. Right. You know? And the DC movies are like, imagine they lived here. Right. <laughs> and they just want to make it, like, gritty. Not that this movie looks, not that Suicide Squad looks super realistic, but there is just this, like air of like it's in our cities even though marvel is the one that always takes place in new york well look if it was <laughs> DC, if it like was it. the marvel people making this suicide squad movie harley your girl harley quinn would be in her outfit yeah it would they love giving us what we want yeah it's just the easiest part i don't get it i don't get why like why? Why is that? That is the easiest part to just get right. And the reality is, I think it always looks cool. It looks a little cosplayish, but like I think that's kind of cool to I mean, see. That's what like, want to see? That's what the that's nerds want to see. see that's what I want to masturbate to in that theater. Exactly. I'm not asking for a lot. It's uh, all it comes down to you, is masturbation. But you know who the real hero, who the real winner is? Who? Tom Hardy, because his ass was supposed to be in this movie, but the shoot, the Revenant shoot went too long. Oh, wow. And so he was spared, I think, like, a couple-digit drop in his Hollywood, like, A-list, I don't even know, like, stock. for him. But they cast someone who looks just like him. Do you know who I'm talking about? Have you seen the trailers? Yeah, the guy with the mutton chops? Yes, that guy. Doesn't he look just like Tom Hardy? Yeah, yeah. So Hom Tardy is in this movie, and he's never going to be. (laughs) (laughs) And never going to be in another movie. Right. Ugh, I'm so sad that this is going to be so bad. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to... I, but people are just, like, revolted by it. The reviews do seem to be, like, violent. Well, Rod... How do you think it feels to be in this movie and read those reviews? Do you it think it pro- hurts? Yeah, probably. How do you think it feels to work on the Donald Trump campaign and be alive for this past week? <laughs> How's that for a segue? Yeah, I think that number one great segue. And if you're looking for another group of people to call a suicide squad, I think we've <laughs> certainly found them. Why? Because people have been like apparently considering suicide, or what was the? Yeah, there was a report on Twitter that, the other day. What was it? 
Oh, wait, was there really that, like, everyone in his campaign is about to kill themselves? Yeah, or something. <laughs> there was, like, some crazy fucking shit floating around about tw- Donald Trump's uh, campaign. Uh, what? Like, staff like a Jonestown day. moment? Not Jones. I mean, come on, not that crazy, but just apparently. No you know, one, I love Jonestown. Yeah, apparently everyone like realizes they're gonna lose or something, or like he, he's just like a nut. I mean, here's my impression of everyone who works with him. <clears throat> <laughs> Every morning, like, hey Diane, like how are you? Like I'm good, Phil. Like coffee. Like already got some. Thanks. Let's check our email. Okay, click. Ooh, why do I have six hundred new messages? <laughs> <laughs> How do you think their anxiety Every morning. is? Their anxiety? Oh, I would love to see that montage. Like, Monday, like, hey, Diane, hey, Phil, Tuesday. Hey, Diane, <laughs> hey, Phil, like, Wednesday. Like, hey, Diane, like, Diane, Diane. Like, she's been dead since, like, 7 p.m. on Tuesday. Right. Thursday, silence in the room and just someone, like, cradling their knees. Yeah. I think that they're scared that, like, they will have just spent two, a year and a half doing something that they have to then pretend they never did, <laughs> which is yeah. crazy. I mean, but also, who are these people? Are they in politics? Are they in entertainment? Like, what is what is your background if you're in the Trump campaign? Also, I am not convinced this dude's going to lose, if you can believe it. I'm still not sure at all. What? But I just don't... I don't, I just don't, okay, so this That's week is the That's some real old, anxiety right there. Do you see, do you yeah. get my dread that he is not helping? This mother, this motherfucker in like a parrot toupee is not helping. Um, I just feel, okay, so I think that like logically, um, this, the chance of him winning, low. But for as illogical um, a year as this, like do you really think his base cares? That's my concern. Who look, is but being, I, my point, my who's point being is revolted like, by this? No, no, no. Look, his base is always going to be there. He, his, he right, they're voting. They're going to vote for him. But just the level of insanity in him, like, going after the, the parents of a dead soldier and, right. like, kicking a baby out of a rally. And, and what else did he do? There was all those crazy reports about all the horrible things going on inside of his campaign and, like, so the RNC chairs having to, like, have an intervention with him. What did you say? I haven't heard too much about what's going on inside. Like, I mean, I know that he's refused to, like, uh, endorse Ryan and McCain, and I know that, like, Pence, his VP, has endorsed them in spite of Trump, which is insane. But is there stuff that you know going on inside the campaign of people just, like, collapsing? I mean, as uh, they should. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to find this fucking story. Um, but It's such a night. But why are the Republicans acting like this is, like, news? Yeah, right. I mean, they're idiots. They're idiots. But what, what other choice do they have? They've laid this bed and now they're forced to sleep in it. Now they are, but what if they had just never laid in the bed? Could they have? They could have just not endorsed. Like, who are these delegates? These lunatics? I mean, yeah. I think they probably But did. him kicking the baby out of the rally was a real... <laughs> was really a lot. That was so much. It is. It is it's hilarious. It's, it's really great. It's ridiculous. It's ridic- but what about the troll? Here's the thing that also surprises me. Like, his base should be, regardless of, I mean, do you think their racism wins out over their pride for the army or the military? Like, are they not offended at least by the fact that he's, like, disgracing a dead soldier? His base? 
Yeah, like the like his like voters, like his like the Trump diehards. Uh, no, no, no. They don't give a shit. They agree with Trump. Jesus, that's so, that's the grimmest part. Where I'm like, really, like the one value I thought y'all had was that you like literally love the military or something. No, like <laughs> no, no. People nowadays they don't like. There's never going to be like a, you're never going to have like a Trump supporter like find any kind of like happy medium resolution and maybe like back off of their person like people nowadays right. like ride stuff into the ground until it's like beaten dead right. and then like <laughs> stay on the internet and like talk about how they were screwed that's like what people do nowadays right you know? it's true well there is this really um this like, really 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 amazing piece that i posted actually on my facebook um it's like a piece in the american conservative and it's an interview between um, a writer and uh, a writer who wrote a book about growing up sort of like as a poor white person like the Appalachians and sort of like this really specific pocket of voters who like the Rust Belt essentially yeah. um, who have seen who really like see feel seen by Trump and it's a really sort of like you know interesting and empathetic piece that you know I mean it ignores the fact that like He's galvanizing them by scapegoating, like, literally any minority. Yeah, Yeah. immigrants and just sort of, like, you know, so many other people. It kind of, it doesn't sidestep that, but it just sort of, like, accepts that as sort of, like, what's happening, but then kind of, like, delves in a little bit more. So I feel a little, I mean, I feel a new, a renowned, a, a new kind of empathy for these people, for sure, that they're, like, you know, in this position where the bar is so low that, like, they're willing to overlook things that maybe they fundamentally don't like about Trump in spite of him. I don't know. I do not know. But I'm just like, yo, like, how? Like, is this his worst gaffe, really? Like, it feels like everyone's most freaked out about, or most angry about this, but I'm wondering why this. Wait, why what? Why why are people most offended by this week's Trump, like, Trump drama? Uh, I just Just because it's particularly rude? Well, no, I think it's because this is, the first week where all eyes are arguably on the two candidates, right? Like Right, because we're really in the general election. Yeah, now we're in general election territory, and now the pressure's going to be, like, ten, like, you know, up ten times. He was at, so he held a rally in, like, this very important Virginia uh, mm-hmm. county the other week, and he, like, totally didn't right. understand where even he was. <laughs> Wait, really? What do you mean? Yeah, he, I like, ignore everything about him. Tell me. He was, so he, so he was giving this uh yeah rally at this uh mm. rnc convention and very important uh, uh county in virginia that like has has the the winner the person who wins that county in the general election has won the whole thing like uh you know since 1992 or something so anyway it's like Whoa, very important okay. county uh in a swing state right and okay. so he's talking, and it's, like, a very wealthy county. It's, like, one of the wealthiest counties in the in the country. And he's, like, uh-huh. giving his, like, talk, and he's talking about how, like, the people of the county have, like, fallen on hard times, and it's, like, part of the Rust Belt and stuff. And it's, like, well, what? What the fuck are you oh, talking okay. about? Yeah. So he kind of blew it there. That's, That's good. So we're, what was the vibe of the people there? <laughs> uh, just kind of, like, a little confused and, like, huh? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I know he, like, travels a lot, but that's weird. Right, agreed. Yeah. My God. So, just I'm saying, like, like look, everything, every, everything was in dire straits a week ago. Everyone thought that fucking Trump was assuredly gonna win, and like, you know, the play clearly is just to sit back and let him fucking talk. 
Right. Right. I do think that that is both the thing that will either, like, aid him or undo him. I mean, that is the thing about, like, ego. Like, it can either, like, make you or literally break you. It's such a gamble because this dude has, like, gotten so far based on that. Here's another question I have. Do you know, I, maybe you know about this, and I don't know if I've already asked you, but is it possible to get out of debating oh, during what? a general election? What? what? Can you? What? Do I don't you, know. Don't you think no. Trump will try? No. What? No, he has to fucking debate. He has to, right? It's a, it's a rule. It's like, a, it's like a rule no, of the election. No, if he didn't... Oh, my... If he didn't, he'd be such a pussy. Oh, what a he pussy so thing lame. to do. That would be hilarious. But I do see it. I see him at least, like, trying. Or at least sort of, like, fidgeting a bit and seeing what he could get away with. If because, he could get away with he, not having think, to talk. You think he wouldn't be a very good uh, de- debate person? I think that at the end of the day, like, you know, the Republican debates were a bit more of, like, a sideshow, but I think that, like, the debates are more prompted by questions about policy. Like, I do think that it's, like, there's a re- there's a structure and a regiment to the debates that he might not be able to fully... Oh, it's gonna he be knows great. he might not be able to fully, like, circumvent. It's I don't know so if... He, I, I think it, it could be good or it could be bad. I mean, I don't know. He will be the one to, like... That the next that will get the most coverage the next day. I don't think a ton of people will be talking about what Clinton talked about. So I mean, it could still be good for him if like his strategy is just to, like get people to pay attention to anything. But I don't know. I also kind of feel like he'd be like, let me just like hold press conferences and talk instead of having to debate <laughs> anyone. Uh, I don't know. Well, anyway, that would be hilarious <laughs> if that was the case. But just like. Even I was really surprised by this, like, Muslim sh- soldier thing. I really just, like... I kind of feel like, really, if I'm being real, what happened was he made, like, a bad joke and just didn't want to back out of it. Oh, and totally. now he's, like, yeah. having no, to, like, that's defend that's 100% it. what happened. That is what happened. I don't think he really has any sort of, like, inborn prejudice against, like, that soldier or, like, those parents. I think he just made, like, an, like a joke that caught fire and he, for the first time, didn't know how to swing it away so he's sort of yeah. just like taking it in and now it's like embarrassing i, I just know. hope that pence his vp is like mortified and knows his career is over if he loses and i cannot <laughs> wait ever or maybe not ever he, he, he could be vice president we'll see oh don't i think i should moderate the debates thoughts uh yeah i'm down i really think they should someone should put my name in goodfriendspodcast at gmail.com yeah what us uh, okay well now on to everyone's favorite part of the show. Um. Hey, crime of the week. Do you have time? Can we do yours quickly? Yes, let's do it really quickly. Okay. So, um, it's honestly a mystery, but um, I restarted my phone a few days ago. Um, <laughs> okay. And when it turned back on, you know, like anytime I turn my phone back on after a restart, if the battery dies, whatever, the, the, my texts take a minute to load. They take a minute to arrive. Oh, yeah. Um, this time, they oh, never nice. arrived. And I oh. restarted, and they never arrived again. Mm. So my texts vanished. And I was like, you know what? Like, honestly, like, that sucks, but, like, it's chill. Like, I have 12 gigabytes worth of text messages. Like, just so oh, insane. I, I like, never cleaned up my text threads. Like, I have all these photos that I keep sending. Like, whatever. Like, so it's a, it's a big one. I was like, okay, at least it's freed up space. I go in my settings... It says the 12 gigs of text are there, but it's some weird glitch where I just can't see them, which sounds about right. I do feel like they're there because sometimes, like, I can just feel it. I can feel that they didn't really, like, you disappear. You feel the weight? I can feel the weight of the phone. I can right. just sort of, like, feel myself, like, looking at it being like, 
Like, literally, yeah. I feel like it's there. It's, like, it's kind of like the lake house with Keanu Reeves and mm-hmm. um, Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. um, where they're both in the lake house at the same time, but in different timelines, and they can feel each other there, but um, they can only communicate through this mailbox outside the lake house. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is called the text thread, but it's infuriating, because it's basically the best, of, the, the worst of both worlds. Like, I don't have the texts, and I have none of the free space. Here's what you like, do. Made... Here's what you do. What? Turn your phone on and off again. You think? Yeah. I don't. I did it twice that day. You do it again. Oh my god. Maybe. Maybe I should. Maybe I should wipe the bitch. Yeah. Do it. Wipe it. Wipe it clean. Ugh. I'll restart it again settings. and I'll wipe it clean. Yeah, I was thinking that too. When you restore factory settings, though, does it like it doesn't restart your whole phone? It just kind of like undoes all of your settings, right? Oh, I don't. Or does know. it restart your phone? I don't know. Hmm. I will be reporting back on this because this has been extremely frustrating for some reason. It has had no real effect on my life, but I just keep being like, ugh, um, which is its own thing. Um, so that's my hate crime of the week, to be honest. And then we had a devil tongue, right? We had a devil yes. tongue, which was Brazil. Yes, <laughs> in some- the Brazilian country for hosting what could be the worst Olympics of all time. Why do we think this is going to be so... I mean, we know about the Olympic camp or whatever it's called, Olympic Town. Olympic Village. Olympic Village. We know that is, like, not going well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's starting today. Starting today. Um, today is the opening ceremony, which I want to watch, but also I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't give a shit about it. Yeah, I don't really either. Um... But, yeah, I cannot believe that we are on... But doesn't that sound right, that this would be the Olympics of 2016? Feels really on brand for this year. Yes, true. Yeah, for this year, you're right. Really crazy it's stuff. It's crazy. Someone's already gotten kidnapped and, like, resold back to the, <laughs> their team. Wait, really? Yeah, some, like, soccer player. For how got, much? I don't even know. But they got kidnapped and then, like, ransomed back. Kidnapped? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That is so intense. So that happened, and then, you know, just, like, the Zika stuff, and, you know. Just cat. Really... The fact that Zika is, like, an afterthought tells you everything <laughs> you need to know about the Olympics. And, like... Like, it, my freaking God. It's true that always before the Olympics, um, like, the stories of, like, crazy shit could go down, like, right. increase by a Because it is a, a time of, like, chaos and, like, a lot of, like, international tensions can, like, play out. Yeah, it's like everybody in the world convulging on one spot. Right. Yeah, it's like the it sounds scary. Uh, but has anyone ever been kidnapped before? <laughs> probably. I'm so stressed out. Anyway, it is stressful, but yeah, that is so, so funny. That's all going down, and uh, <laughs> apparently only three teaspoons. Apparently three teaspoons of of like open water, like because you know how they do like rowing and canoeing, and there's like open water swimming and all that shit. They do that just like in the yeah. ocean. Yeah. So the waters around Rio are so contaminated that three teaspoons of, of water, like, if you swallow three teaspoons of it, which is a very small amount, you could get, right. like, very, very violently sick. Why are the Summer Olympics here? Because <laughs> they shelled out as much money as as anybody else, and the fucking IOC probably was like, 
Oh, I like this. Like, bro, okay. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm embarrassed. So everyone's gonna die by the end of this. Everyone's Wait, gonna so should we be watching just to hear about what the hell's gonna happen? We should watch the open water events just to see if anyone who's Violently themselves. shifts. Yeah. <laughs> if someone ends the event I'm with a brown so stain, down. then yeah, we know what's up. Literally the brown stains, I want to throw up. Yeah. I'm so down. I cannot wait to watch, like, kayaking or swimming or, like, whatever happens in the water, in, like, the real water. I'm down too, dude. I can't wait. I hope everyone shits. Um, so that's the Olympics starting today. So, yeah, they get the belt And... Um, my good friend is way less timely. Um, but last Sunday when I was, um, you know, going through a period of crippling anxiety and self-doubt... Um, I engaged, I mean, I didn't re-engage after, like, a long gap, but I engaged really again with The Twilight Zone, my favorite show, um, of all time, ever, 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 um, followed very closely by Seinfeld, but, like, The Twilight Zone just, like, wins out, and my heart, like, fluttered with, like, how much I remembered, when I remembered not only how much I just, like, love Rod Serling, the creator, and, like, the head writer, showrunner of the show, but I sort of, like, realized what it was I loved about him all over again, which was that he was so committed to social justice and, like, morality and, like, these values that I, in the last few months, feel like the country's still grappling with, that, like, presidential candidates can't even really wrap their head around and, like, people on TV are barely even able to, like, talk about some of the shit that's, like, going on without, like, either yelling or, like, I don't even know. I don't know any fiction show other than, like, Blackish, for instance. Like, I don't know any show that really, like, incorporated police brutality in, like, a real way in a year mirrored with police brutality. And, like, there were episodes of The Twilight Zone that literally are talking about, like, the relationship between, like, like black people and just, like, the nature of being accused and, like, you know, the powers of the state. Like, this show's from 1959. Like, it's crazy. Um... Mm -hmm. And it's just so good. It's so good. It's still so powerful. And, like, so many of the anxieties of that show are, you know, have morphed and kind of exist now, but, like, not in the same ways. But it's still just, like, so hideously relevant. I think it's, like, so relevant. Um, And it's just, like, so brilliant in a way that, like, Black Mirror, for instance. I don't know. Have you seen that show? Have you seen Black Mirror? Black Mirror? Yeah. Have you heard of it? No. It's, like, an English English sci-fi show that's sort of Twilight Zone-esque. Um, in that they're, like, these isolated sort of episodes that, um, they really have to do with, they're, they're, they're recent. They were, like, made in the last, like, three, four years. Um, and each season is, like, six episodes. There's only two seasons, and then there's a Christmas special. It's, like, about an hour and a half. Um, and every episode deals, essentially, with man's relationship with technology. Like, the black mirror is, like, your screen when it's off. Um, and so that is, like, the sort of, like, subtext of every... Um, of every episode and it's very Twilight Zone-ish like they have these sort of ironic endings and there's sort of these morality parables like it is similar but it's not even like it still is not even remotely in the same league or ballpark as the Twilight Zone and everything about its production and is better everything about it um and it's still not as good like Jesus so everyone should watch The Twilight Zone. I have so many favorite episodes. I could literally list them all. I won't. Um, but there was a really good one I watched 
called The Obsolete Man that I really, like, highly recommend. It's on Netflix, and if anyone is interested, they should watch it, because it made me... It was really great. Um, So, yeah, Rod Sterling and his beautiful little brain is my good friend of the week. Rod Sterling and his beautiful little brain. Okay. Yeah. Lil brain. Lil brain. And my good friend of the week is is, uh, uh, everyone... uh, my family and, and uh, everyone coming up to Quebec for uh, my wedding in a week. And, uh, yes, bitch! Yes, bitch! Yes! So will we be able to record next week? Probably not. Uh, I would be surprised. You could try. I'll probably, I'll be, I'd be I'll, surprised. I might be busy. You're going to be busy. And we probably won't okay. see you until we're at the ceremony, right? Mm, I mean, you probably see me the week before yeah how do weddings work this is really it's foreign to me do i see you we will see you we'll hang out yeah yeah like the night before there's gonna be like a uh, like little get together thing at this bar and yeah you'll see me. oh hell yeah what time on the 11th is this on the 11th yeah the 11th there's gonna be like a thing at this pub okay cool so i should make sure that i get in at a decent time right uh yeah yeah you're getting there the night the day before I'm getting there um, on the 11th. Yeah, yeah, but it's going to be at night, so don't, I mean, yeah, you know, decent. decent we'll just night. leave early and figure it out. Yeah. Um, yes, listeners, the next time we do an episode, this wedding will have happened. Yeah, we will definitely be doing a wedding debrief in the in episode 60, which is perfect for episode 60. Unless it's a think. disaster. If it's a disaster, I might not want to revisit it. Um, if it's a disaster, then episodes 60 and 61 and maybe even 62 are going to be a serial expose of what went wrong. Okay. Doom, I, can, doom, I can live doom, with that. Doom. So here's what went down. <laughs> the toilet's over flooded, and the cake replaced with human shit. Yeah. Here's our three suspects. Me. That's what it's going to be. Um, well, can't okay. wait. I'm so excited. Um, congratulations. It is a shining light in this dark ass <laughs> episode slash year Jesus. Okay. slash two weeks that's no, true you're right uh, right uh, mm-hmm. um, and speaking okay. of uh, speaking of happy day uh, B movie too so we have that to look forward to <gasps> we have that to look forward to Jerry Seinfeld heard the many pleas for a sequel to his much beloved <laughs> DreamWorks animated film B-movie in which a grown woman leaves her husband for a bee. Um, <laughs> which, which is of Jerry Seinfeld's many, like, his most Woody Allen-ish trait, if I had, aside from his Jewishness, is certainly his thinking that, like, the hottest women are always, like, yeah. gonna want to, like, just get with him. That is, like, the thing that connects the two of them. And the young fact girls. That he thinks... And young girls, yes, hot young girls, always. It is such a weird... Is it a Jewish thing? Goodfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> but the fact that he went so far as to have a hot woman fall in love with him, even when he takes the form of a bumblebee, is a new low, even for Jerry. So, well. God bless, props... <laughs> and B movie too. I cannot wait. B movie. So thank you guys for listening. We're out. B movie. Bye. B movie. Bye. Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. La 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 la. la, la.
Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run low. Run through the meadow and scare up the milking cows. Run down the beach kicking clouds of sand. Walk a windy weather day, feel your face blow away. Stop and listen, love you.